today on 2C Vans. You went underwater, the only way to really tell them apart is a shape of the head. Again, the uh, crocodiles and caiman have a much more pointier snout, mm -hmm. where gators have a much rounded, more blunt snout. And I know when you shine a light at night out on the lakes, you see the reflections. Yeah, of yes, their you do. You'll, if you want to see how many gators are in your local ponds, yeah, get a, get a flashlight at night and, glow, and you'll see the orange glow. Is, is that true with crocodiles as well? Yes, it is. So all? Mm -hmm. of they all have excellent night vision. They're actually very active at night when they do most of their hunting. Hello and welcome to Two Sea Fans at Moat Marine Laboratory. I'm Haley Riker. And I'm Joe Nicholson. And we're your podcast for marine science and education here at Moat in Sarasota, Florida. We have a guest uh, that we really like and we've been trying to get on here for uh, like a week. You said really like? We do. We like them. Oh, I really like. Okay, why don't you just make them feel bad before we start? <laughs> do you feel bad, Brian? Not at all. Okay. I'll see. I feel all love. Yeah. See, he feels love. Brian's a nice guy. So tell us your, your full name and your title here. Sure. My name is Brian Siegel. I, I understand you come from up north somewhere. I do. Uh, and my title is a senior biologist here at Moat. Been here 11 years. Um, but yeah, I have uh, migrated ever, ever southbound. I started in Staten Island, New York. Ooh, yeah, New York, New York. You know, hey, it. okay. If you're from go New Yankees, York, you got to be able to tell me the five boroughs then. Uh, no, I can't actually. <gasps> I was young when I moved out of there. New York. I only know. My Come own. on, give me how many? Can you give me? Uh, the Queens, Bronx, and that's two. Mm, I don't know if Manhattan's part. Yeah, Manhattan, Manhattan. is one. Uh, and that's all I got. The for Dodgers it. originally were from there. Mm -hmm. Brooklyn. I said, I think I said Bronx. No, you said the Bronx. I said Bronx. Oh, Brooklyn separate. Okay. Yeah, Bron Bronx, so, Bro and then where you're from. And Staten Island's zone. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's the five mm -hmm. boroughs. So I'm just gonna guess that there's a whole lot of like alligators and octopuses and all the other things you like in New in York. Staten Island. I'm just and, kidding. In no. the sewers. In the sewers. <laughs> they all live in the sewers <laughs> of <No>. New York. <laughs> but I uh, hinted at what Brian likes to work with. So tell us what your job is. Um, how you get into work with these cool animals. How did you get into working with I, like all these weird animals? I got right? very lucky. Um, honestly, uh, when I started applying for jobs when I was out of college trying to get a job in the, in the industry, uh, Moat popped up and uh, I applied for it during holiday season. Didn't really think much of it and I uh, got lucky enough to get, a, get an interview down here and jumped on board. When I first started here, I was an off-site biologist, so I maintained the uh, library hospital tanks. Uh, when there's an opportunity to, to come on main campus arose, I jumped at it and ended up being was called Coastal Waters now. It used to be called Mall's Call. Oh, that's where right. we had yeah, Molly, a giant squid yeah. out there. That's what a cuttlefish display was. Wait, 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 pause. We had a giant squid. you got to remind people. Do we, we still have We still have squid. Molly. We, yeah. we have, yeah. Is she out there she's swimming around dangerously? No, no, no. no. <laughs> she's in her own nice exhibit in the uh, Exploration Gallery where okay. whatever uh, awesome cedar exists. Yes, is we, right we, now. we don't have any uh, giant squid feeding times. No. No, no. Though she's... a lot of folks do ask questions. How does it turn around? How do you feed it? And unfortunately, none of those what are. What do you needed. feed the giant? She, she is yeah. preserved, mm -hmm. just so there's no ambiguity. She is no longer living. Right. In pure alcohol, I understand. Uh, I think it's uh, propylene glycol. I think uh, is what okay. it is. Some, well. some fancy substance that I know little about. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> So wait, what what species have you worked with over time? Because um, one, yeah. the one group I really want to talk about, but give us a rundown. Sure. So um, it all started with uh, common cuttlefish, uh, which are cephalopods, uh, uh, Sepia officinalis. Uh, we had those on display here at the aquarium when I was here. I uh, basically came in one morning and happened to notice they laid some eggs. I was like, that's really cool. So what's the next step? So wait, describe a cuttlefish to somebody who's never, never seen, seen a one? cuttlefish oh, yet. Yeah. Okay, how, that's how a fun description. Um, they're a lot like squid, other than they're a lot more calm. Uh, <laughs> they're calm. Yeah, squid could be a little flighty, and that's uh, one of the main reasons you don't see them on display in most zoos and aquariums, because they just want to run, run, run. And when they run, they hit the side of their exhibits and ends up getting them some damage to their mantle. 
Uh, cuttlefish will do the same thing sometimes, but they're a lot calmer species to work with. So well, they kind of just sit there like little floating they, aliens. They can. Yeah. Yep. Or and they walk. And they walk. Some some species do walk. We have some species here that do walk around for us. Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part, though, they use that uh, that cuttle bone that everybody knows probably seeing in their bird cages. Uh, the cuttle bone is their main buoyancy control. Um, mm -hmm. So with that bone in there, it keeps them neutrally buoyant, and they can they can uh, from there move around the water column. Hold on a minute. What what, what are you talking about? I. Believe me, I have no idea what you're talking about. The cuttle bone. The cuttle bone. Yeah. Yeah, it's the main. It's it's what it's what gives them the ability to be in the mollusk family, because uh, they have a sh that's their internal shell. So it it's an actual hard shell. It's a hard it's, substance. It's, it's, it's not um, like cartilage, like in not like a squid pen. No, it's, it's much harder than a squid pen. Really? It's, yeah. Mm -hmm. And huh. birds like to to munch on it. Yep. In, it's uh, it's, cal it's calcium carbonate, so it's a way to get some calcium to your birdie really? friend and keep their beak from getting overgrown. I didn't know that. But a lot, of, a lot. Thank goodness, a lot of times you get these cuttle bones now. They're, not, they're synthetic, so they're actually harvested from the ocean any longer. Still, you still get you can still get them, but a lot of them are synthetically made now. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. huh. I didn't know that either. I learned something new. Can I go home now? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'll see you guys later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> Wait, uh, so if I wanted to ask you what you went to school for because sure. it's a job in basically animal care, animal husbandry, but mm -hmm. most people don't go to school for animal husbandry. No, no. I went to school. I get, I, I, I get originally from New York, but I, my family moved to, moved to Maryland when I was nine, and I ended up staying there through high school, and I went to college in Maryland as well, uh, Salisbury University, which is an eastern shore of Maryland. Okay. And then I'm going to two schools at once. I went to Salisbury and University of Maryland Eastern Shore, UMES. You overachieved. Uh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I, I asked for it when I did that. So yeah. do you put blue crab on your pizza? I chat. I have in the past. It's actually quite good. Yeah, okay. yeah. Right. Uh, you can put Old Bay in anything, and I I yeah. probably eat it. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I went to two schools. I got a degree in biology from Salisbury and a degree in environmental science slash marine biology from UMES. But during those classes, you're right. There were no husbandry, animal training classes, those kind of things. Those you got to pick up through the years of being in the field. Mm. Coolness. Um, can we start talking about crocodilians? Joe, are you ready? Crocodile rock. Yeah. <laughs> you ready? Sure. <laughs> Does that mean you're ready? Yeah. Okay, because that's one of the big things we want to talk about mm -hmm. because I know and I think Joe knows that we love our crocodilian exhibit at Moat. We do love it. It's it's our, well, it's, one of, it's my favorite. Sorry, oh, awesome. sorry, otters. <laughs> yeah. So wait, what are crocodilians as a group, and why do we have them? Gotcha. Uh, crocodilians as a group uh, includes your your alligators, your crocodiles, and then some of your 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 ones you don't see very often. Your tamistimas, your gharials. Um, th those animals are you know they're they're unique to our part of the world. We have two species local to Florida: uh, the American crocodile, American alligator. And here's a cool fact for you: there are only actually two alligator species in the planet. Yeah. The American and the Chinese. Chinese. Yeah. yeah, I knew that. See? And uh, the Chinese ones are neat. They don't get very big, but man, I've I've, I've worked with them on a very minimal scale, and they are tough little guys. They, are they? they really <laughs> are tough. Tougher than ours? They are tougher than ours for per, per pound per pound. Yeah, really. Yeah, they're yeah. they're tough little guys. Wow. Um, and yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been working on this project for a number of years. I was uh, lucky enough to go to the AZA Croc School back in 2010. Croc School? Uh, yeah. Croc School. Oh, croc. Yeah. If you get a chance, anybody wants to go to Croc School, I'll plug it for <laughs> AZA. It is a fantastic class. Do you get a diploma? I got a diploma. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you get a cool shirt or something? You get cool like shirts. Yep. From croc and you got to sign some waivers so you don't get bit by anything. Oh, nice. uh, no. It's a, it's a great class that AZA puts on at the uh, St. Augustine Alligator Farm in okay, San Augustine, Florida. Let's remind them the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, they're sort of like our peer group for mm -hmm. aquariums. That's AZA. For yeah. good, for 
good high skilled aquariums that yep. love taking good care of animals. And so, what did you? What was some of the best uh, tips you learned in uh, croc school? Stay away uh, from yeah. the pointy end. Yeah, well, the, the, thing, the thing called the strike zone. Yeah. Well, the people avoid that at all costs. Mm-hmm. So really, and that's around the head. It's around the head and the tail. And the tail. Oh. The tail, though, the big animal, the big tails can really knock mm-hmm. you for a loop. And, and they'll knock careful. you over and then mm-hmm. chew on you. So yeah, there's there was a lot of training involved in this. See, I went um, to where the Gator Boys are from. Oh, yeah. the Everglades mm-hmm. Holiday Park. Yep. Uh-huh. So these animals are quite resilient. So there's a lot of different ways of maintaining them, but we uh, we followed the uh, AZA protocols and standards and keep these guys nice and healthy and happy here. Yeah, so, that's good. Yeah, so you don't handle them much, or do you handle uh, them? It is a free con exhibit, so we do enter the primary containment with the animals there, um, but we always enter with two staff, training staff at all times. We wear boots. We have a, we have a bamboo pole in our hands. So if something happens, we can, can, we can keep these animals from getting on top of us too fast. Mm-hmm. They're not huge, but they're probably pretty powerful. Yes, they are. Uh, yeah, so our, we have we have three female caimans and one female alligator. Uh, Rose, our alligator, is a little over six years old, and she has grown tremendously since we got her. When we got her at Moat uh, about a year and a half ago, she was only six pounds. Yeah. Oh. She's now over 20. Ooh. Wow. So How long is she now? She's probably pushing around four and a half feet. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. So still is. a fairly small alligator in but the scheme of things. Yeah, but that's but growing. Again, these animals don't have any body fat. They're all muscle. Yeah. Uh, so even this week, we have a little baby alligator in our old baby gallery named Albert. I uh, handled him this weekend. He's probably around 2,000 grams, and he's getting a little hard to handle a little bit, too. He's only 2,000 <laughs> grams. So wow. these animals are very, very strong for their size. Hey, we said we had some caimans. Um, they look like our American alligators, but not quite. Can you give people a tip on how to tell the difference when they visit? Sure, yeah. They, they definitely resemble our American crocodile. They have that, that more of a pointier snout. Ah. Uh, the biggest thing it tells them is going to depart is when their mouth is closed. You can see their upper row of teeth and their bottom row of teeth at the same time. When an oh, alligator's really? mouth is closed, you only see the upper row of teeth. The bottom jaw kind of recesses into the top jaw, so you don't see them. And with a crocodile, that's true also, right? That's true for crocodiles. That's what we kind of got the caiman for. Uh-huh. Uh, fortunately, we didn't have the land and square footage to do a, a full crocodile, crocodile here at Moat, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so the next best thing is we did these the, the, these caiman. They are unfortunately invasive to Florida. Uh, they're native to uh, Central South America and the Amazon and whatnot. Oh, so they are here. They are here. They unfortunately are invasive to Florida. They wow. are, you will find them in the Everglades and Miami-Dade County. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hey, and is there a difference in the shape of the teeth on these animals? Um, I mean, they all have, they're not like shark teeth, they're not, they're not serrated. They're basically a... a, a are, are they all coned? They're or? all coned and pointed at the end. Okay. Uh, some species are more pointed towards the back. The okay. ones that primarily eat fish, like your gharials, uh, they have much finer teeth and not as far spaced apart. Uh, where our caiman and alligators, the teeth will be, will be fairly spaced apart. But they're all cone shaped. But they're all cone shaped. They're not correct. like flatter or triangular no or they're not they're not species. designed to rip and tear they're okay. really just designed to get a hold of something grab, and just, just grab, grab and hold something. yeah okay. and twist yeah gotcha. okay mm-hmm. just get it down curious. the throat there mm-hmm. yeah but so the the main difference is being able to see the teeth and the shape of the head the head guess what you're going to see when these animals are you know in the water you're going to see their head before anything unless you're looking to see them basking um but yeah when in the water the only way to really tell them apart is the shape of the head again the uh, crocodiles and caiman have a much more pointier snout mm-hmm. where gators have a much rounded more blunt snout and i know when you shine a light at night out on the lakes you see the reflection yeah yes you do you if you want to see how many gators are in your local ponds yeah get a get a flashlight at night and glow and you'll see the orange glow is, is that true with crocodiles as well yes it is so all mm-hmm. of the they all have excellent night vision they're actually very active at nights when they do most of their hunting you oh, know, okay, I so don't go swimming. Don't yeah, you're going to want to avoid a lot of the water edges here in Florida at dawn at and dusk. Nighttime. Low light conditions, that's where a lot of these Low predators light. are most active. So there was a, I, when I was a kid, we bought, um, my family bought like an art photo print of like somebody had done a time exposure in a really wild area with a lot of water and just tons of eyes lit <sighs> that thing up because they did it over time and they captured all the alligator eyes out there. It was like 
you know, lake full of fireflies. It was mm-hmm, crazy mm-hmm. to see how many of them were out yeah, there. Yeah, alligators are probably one of the one of the actually great success stories. They were uh, they were they were threatened there for a while in the seventies, early eighties, from a, a number of different uh, areas. And now there's over I think over one point three million gators in the state of Florida by themselves. Well, yeah, there's a the actual hunt lottery. Yeah, um, you can get in. You can get to, and yeah. they're actually getting back to their normal range. You'll find you'll find them year round as far as North Carolina now. Year wow. So they're getting back to their normal range. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's amazing. Which is great story. Recovery story. We're great recovery Especially story. Especially for an animal that you know relatively you know grows relatively slow oh, yeah. and matures at a, a mm-hmm. late, late age. Right. What what age do they mature? Uh, it depends on it depends on the girl their growth rate, but generally. Rule of thumb is between you know between six and eight years of age these animals become mature sexually. Wow! So it's sometimes faster, sometimes later, depending on where the growth rate is, what they're chewing on. Mm. But we're seeing some real big, big, big males recently. Last few years, and this is my, this is, again, there's no fact behind this. This is my yeah. theory. Yeah. Uh, we have a newer animal in Florida that's been around for what 15, 20 years, and the wild boar yes. been around for a while. Yes. I think the alligators are now chewing on a wild boar and they're getting getting fat on bacon. Uh, and you, you sort of see some really big animals out there. Yeah, there, there, was, yeah. there was a video, I think, last year of a, like a 15 foot male on a golf I course remember here. That. And yeah. that's that's his golf course now. He yeah, was he looked huge. Yes, yeah. he looked well, like a like yeah like a dinosaur. Like a dinosaur walking, walking around. around. Yeah, that's that's a very yeah. very large male. That was that guy's Somebody got to be 30 go, years old. Needs to go investigate what these guys are getting so fat on. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of it, brings me to a question: If people see a big alligator in, or the like in the wild, what should they do or not do? Um, just, just enjoy the animal for what it is, yeah. but whatever you do, do not approach it and do not feed it. Just let them be. Oh yeah, never feed. Never them. feed them. Uh, these animals unfortunately get used to human care fairly easily, um, and when you do that, that's when they become dangerous because they approach they approach anybody, not realizing who has food or who doesn't. And dude, they're fast on land. <laughs> they I was, can move. I was, uh, they can move out at uh, Mayaka State Park, mm-hmm. and over by the dam there. Yep. And there was some on the land. I didn't see them off the side of the trail, and I heard this rustle. Yep. And it saw me. I saw it. It came at me. I started running. Big. Uh, it was fast, but it only took like six steps. Right. But it was fast. Yeah, they are. Fast, they're definitely sprinters, not marathon runners. It, yeah, they can. They um, can go for a very short distance. I think it, the. Uh, the fastest one on land is a Cuban crocodile. They can hit over 20 miles an hour on land. Holy moly. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. So they, um, but most of their life in the wild as predators, are they ambush predators that are waiting for prey to come by? They're opportunistic. They'll, they'll chew on a lot of different things. But yeah, mostly they are ambush predators where they stalk their prey from the shallow shorelines, uh, wait for that moment, and then grab the animal and pull it in the water. Um, but they'll also chew on carrion. Uh, they'll snack on a lot of little things, like they're, they're finding a lot, in our area locally a lot of blue crab in their in their bellies and some of the contents. So whatever protein you get a hold of, shorebird, yeah, whatever protein you get a hold of, they'll they'll make a meal yeah. out of it. Mm, opportunistic, yeah, very there's, much so. There's a new word for our, uh, audience. They'll, opportunistic. They'll eat mm-hmm. what they can when they can. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, in the aquarium here, I was going to ask you. It sounded like they're pretty. Um, I think you said kind of resilient, like they're probably not the hardest animal to work with, I guess, but is there anything special that they need that other animals don't need? Any tricks to taking good care of them? No, again, these animals, again, are so well evolved. As long as you provide them clean water and plenty of clean food, they'll take care of themselves. What we have here, luckily at Moat, we have the outdoor exhibit, so you get plenty of natural sunlight. We have a fantastic light support team here, provides great water for our animals. Uh, what we're doing with these animals is, is, is a lot of training. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of training we do these animals. They're a lot smarter than you can give them credit for. Um, so uh, they are already target trained in the next few weeks and months. So we start pushing the envelope and training as far as them coming up on land and doing voluntary weights and blood draws on mouth on command. 
Uh, we're really hoping to start really push. We have a great we have a great marine mammal team here who does training way way better than ever will, and we're <laughs> utilizing them to help us get these animals trained where they can be. Uh, you really. said target training, mm-hmm. so that's like you hold up something that they recognize, they go to it for reasons of like feeding or healthcare. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So we have four individual animals in the exhibit, and each one has an own individual target and their own name. Target goes in the water. We call their name and say the word target. Target. And when they get to it, they get rewarded for doing a good job. Yeah, what it, remind us what their names are. So we have Rosie, American Alligator, and then we have three Cayman, which are Blanche, Dorothy, and Sophia. We're going to let our listeners guess it. Uh, what that's in reference <laughs> to. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I, I've, I remember going to an alligator show somewhere, and I, I want to f- see if it's true or not or if this guy was pulling some kind of hocus-pocus on us here. But he, uh, he turned the alligator upside down, and it went to sleep yeah it's a lot like uh a lot like sharks in the tonic what, what happens there uh their brain gets confused in this kind of kind of they kind of go to a, a trans like state hmm. but getting but like an animal after a minute or so he flipped himself back yeah up, it's, it's temporary it's temporary um again these animals when they're in the main feeding mode they do what's called death rolls yeah where they invert their body on purpose like that but never to stop they want to continue to roll all the way across rolling. so that animal has been worked with by a human for quite some time to be trained and conditioned to accept that behavior and, and, and be vulnerable like that. When they're on their back, they're very vulnerable. The belly skin's actually not that thick. So I can't really, like, save myself by flipping a gator on his back. Unfortunately not, because it, it will keep on spinning. At that point, you're now you're encouraging the death roll. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Encourage death roll. Yeah. No. no, that's a bad no. thing. That's a no. bad so thing. Just to keep things no in bad. balance. Bad. Just to balance this out, gators are not out to get us. No. <laughs> not at <laughs> they're all. Not, they're not sitting out there waiting for a nice no, tender no. Joe. <laughs> no, no. no and, they, and they've been here, you know, yeah. a lot longer than man. They've mm-hmm. been around since, what, the time of the dinosaurs probably? Or a little after. After, yeah. After. Mm-hmm. So you know they've they're a fairly successful species all on their own. They don't you know they're not after humans. They're just chilling. As long as we're not feeding them, we're not right like, and approaching them. Right. They're yeah. just about like any wild animal. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm just you know the gators are one of the attractions of Florida. Yeah, and, they're know, one of our uh, one of our you know most one of our keystone species. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you you coming from up north, Brian? When mm-hmm. you first when was your first time you got to see a gator? Oh, uh, that would be at the Staten Island Zoo when I was a little, ah, little kid. They had, okay. a, they, had a, they had a very nice alligators play there at the zoo in cool. Staten Island. Mm-hmm. They probably have to work a lot harder to keep those guys warm. They probably have to keep Yeah, it's probably an indoor exhibit. There's an indoor exhibit, yeah. so you have problems. With, yes, you have the ability to heat and cool that way. Uh, and we have the same here. I mean, we have our pseudo-Florida winters here, yeah. Uh, yeah. but our pools are heated year-round to between 80 and 85 degrees, and they're Be- nice and toasty because warm. Because alligators are ectothermic. Yeah, exactly. Ectothermic. Mm-hmm. Let's See, remember what that means. I learned something from the Let's turtle people. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> yep. So ectothermic, can you can you redefine that for me, Jim? That it means that they... Uh, they regulate their body temperature by the environment they are in. Correct. Nice. Well done. Very good. Very good. Gold star for Joe. Good. Joe Smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are there any other fun facts that you, you just like to share about uh, crocodilians, biology, or ecology, anything like that? we got quite a few already. What's the best eating part? Uh, yeah, they are. Unfortunately, there are alligator farms out there, and they are, yeah. oh, they are farmed for get, their hides and gator. their meat. Yeah, you can get gator. You can get gator. Yeah, yeah, it's not, yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not too bad. It's a lot like chicken. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> they have to tenderize it, though. A little bit. A little bit. I imagine it'd be pretty tough because it's the skin skater. is the meat's not bad. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as far as what we're doing here, at Moat, it's really just to showcase these animals in a different light. They're not, they're not, they're not the, the machines of eating other animals that people think they are in, in no. the natural world. Um, there are girls when being trained are nice, nice and calm for the most part. Um, 
and uh, we're going to continue to continue to push that training uh, envelope here at Moat and really try to see what these animals can do. We're, we're also hopeful to work at with uh, some other scientists in the area working on their color change ability too. There's a lot not known about them being able to change color. Does, whoa, color? what? Change yeah. color? Yeah, our, our caiman will change color in a matter of, uh, under an hour. Go from a dark pattern to like a mottled light green pattern really, really? fast. Yeah. Like no a idea. chameleon. No, it's similar. We have, I've did some research in the last few days, and they have something that's really similar to a chromatophore you find on a cuttlefish they have on their skin. The really? chromatophore yeah, is a cool. color-changing cell. Mm-hmm. Something that has pigment in it that expands. Yep. So they have something I think it's called a melanophore. It uses melanin. Melanophore. Yeah, I guess what it is. I'm probably pronouncing it horribly wrong. We'll have to look that one up, guys. Yep. Yep. And it's it's all regulated by hormones. How they Ah. change color. Wow. So right now it is in near kind of end of their tail in the breeding season. So So, yeah, yeah, we have all girls, so there's no male in the mix, but doesn't mean that their body is not encouraging breeding. So something, so, yeah. Yeah, and then I had one last question I was always curious about with the, these kind of reptiles. And it's reptiles or reptiles? Reptiles. <laughs> Rep- Reptology is kind of big. A big reptile? Mm-hmm. Reptile? There you go. Um, do they lose their teeth? Yes, and, they do. And if they do, do does a new one grow back? It sure does. Really? Yeah, a crocodile in a lifetime will probably go around 3,000 teeth in a lifetime. And it just grows back? It grows back in this new one. Almost like when you pull cups out of a, out of a cup dispenser. Yeah. One right underneath it again, a new one. Really? Yeah. Convenient. Yeah. Wow. So we've actually have a f- have a few teeth that I've, I've collected over time in our exhibit. We find the sand every once in a while. Very cool. Yeah, I yeah, see. Had, perk. Yeah. And it was something neat when our caiman actually first got here at Moat. Uh, they looked very menacing because they had like red or orange teeth. Yeah. Made them look kind of like they were eating off stuff and are bloody. It was not <laughs> the case at all. Not at all. Uh, they were kept in a. a they were a, devil. A, yeah. They were kept somewhere in Florida that was really hot and well water was really high in iron. Oh. And the iron stained their teeth, that red coloration. And once they were in a clean body world ozone, that went away pretty fast. Wow. Nice. Yeah, that's like me and my teeth. My teeth are never perfectly white. Not that, not iron, though. <laughs> not iron. <laughs> Haley does not chew on nails. No, yeah. I don't. Yeah, probably, yeah. probably not good for you. Yeah. I'm not that tough. But uh, l- let me ask you, how much of your time now are you spending with these uh, these reptiles versus your, Reptile. your cephalopods? It's been a, it's been a challenge to find that balance, absolutely. <laughs> um, but I make I make plenty of time for all this. Uh, yeah, right now, first body, depending on, on the training day, we're doing with these animals any between between two and three hours total for exhibit cleaning and maintenance and proper training and food preps. You break it all down between two and three hours a day. Uh, probably spent with these animals between myself and the rest of our M and R staff. Very cool. cool. Um, and just before we go, I you know want to ask about your other your other love the cephalopods real quick. I wanted to ask, um, what can you see in the aquarium? Uh, do we have octopuses, cuttlefish? So of, of your other babies, what else can we see in the aquarium? Right. No, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So right now we have four species on display here at Moat. Yeah. Um, on the main on the main side of the street, with our fish and inverts, we have uh, we have a dwarf cuttlefish and flamboyant cuttlefish on one display. Uh, and then across the uh, across from there, we have a small octopus that actually is not from local. It's actually from California. It's a California two-spot huh. octopus by Machiloides. Oh, uh, it's a little guy. Uh, kind of hard to find sometimes, but he's in there doing well. And then down the street in the Obibi Gallery, which is right above Teeth Beneath exhibit, we have a wonder puss on display in that, in that, in that exhibit. Did you say a wonder? A wonder puss. Yes, I did. <laughs> I wish I was. I wish I discovered an animal that the name is something that's that cool. Yeah. So right, right after you go see the, the gators, you have to go upstairs see the, and see, uh, see wonder the, See the wonder puss. Yeah. <laughs> they are wonderful. They are. They are striped and and beautiful and look like something out of a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, uh, and they are unique in the fashion they can mimic things. 
So when they feel threatened, this this species can fake being a flounder or a lionfish. Oh, I thought maybe you were going to be like, oh, it looks like a gun. No, no. <laughs> Not that good. That would be surprising. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away. I'll shoot you. <laughs> that would be a little too sophisticated there. All right. Well, what have I forgotten to ask? Well, I mean, you forgot to ask if he wants to give a shout-out to Irving. To Irving? Yes. Irving is one of my buddies at home. Yeah. I have a about nine-year-old leopard tortoise at home named Irving, um, and he's a Jewish tortoise named to my to my father. Um, and so, yeah, he when I comes Hanukkah time, he plays dreidel and all that kind of stuff. See, and, Irving, it's yeah, his buddy. It's my leopard buddy. tortoise. Leopard tortoise, yes. Wait, yeah. so does he live? Okay, he's got a house. whole room in my house. Oh, I, have a, I have a whole reptile room with Irving, with Irving and, and snakes and other turtles and stuff. Ooh, yeah, yeah, cool. he, he takes some of his work. Seriously, a little bit. I don't. A little, yeah. a little bit seriously. Yeah. Well, I like I like the snakes. I'm, I hope we get a snake someday around here. I like them. Well, we'll it's, there's something on the books for that. Hopefully, I uh, had a pet <coughs> corn snake as a kid, and I liked my. Little oh, they're great. They're great. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, the corn snakes are fantastic. One of the most calm animals. You can go find a wild animal, a wild corn snake, and pick it up, and really won't bother you. I don't suggest doing that. No, don't do that. Um, because you never know <laughs> what it might be. There's other animals down here that resemble corn snakes. So if you don't know your snakes, don't grab them. Don't grab um, any snake. Don't grab any yeah, snake. Yeah, maybe you should uh, but ask. they are they are great little they are great animals to work with. You should ask Brian before you pick up a snake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a little bit like Indiana Jones. Okay. Snakes. Yeah, yeah, they didn't Why did it have to be snakes? the biggest phobias in the world are snakes and spiders. Really? No legs no and no and no legs and eight legs, so it's a locomotion thing that people bring out. This has been a lot of fun. Thank Brian, you. Brian, thank you so oh, much. Thanks for, for having me, guys. Us. Appreciate it. Anytime. It was, I learned yeah, I learned a few things here and uh it's good. I learn, I learn every day at work. That's the fun part of being in our, in our industry and at Moat in general, that every day I learn from either people or my animals. Every day I learn. I did not know about their teeth. Hmm. I, I didn't know about the, the color changing. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to work on that one, hopefully, because that's, uh, that's, uh, that could be some, some new so science. come to Moat and see the color changing came in. Yeah. Live <laughs> at Moat Marine Aquarium. Yeah, we actually do do a training session every day at 2 p.m., so come 2 on down. 2 p.m. Come on down, see Brian and uh, the others who help, mm-hmm. and uh, see a live show. You know it. Yes. Pre- well, presentation. Say, presentation. Presentation. It's Don't a, say show. It is for the benefit of the animals. Yeah. That's what we got to clarify. We always Yeah, do they're these. not jumping through hoops. And not yet, no. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully never. <laughs> All right. Just for the record, we at Moat do these trainings for the animal for, benefit. For educational yes. reasons. Joe's, I, I, Joe's, Joe's, Joe's just being Joe. Joe's messing with us. <laughs> Joe's Thanks, being Joe. Joe. You're All welcome. All right. All right. Well, it's been great, you guys. Thank you. We will see you all in another two weeks for for another episode of Two Sea Fans at Moat Marine Laboratory and Aquarium. (laughs) Bye.